How is everybody doing? And welcome back for another Strength Chat episode. Today, I've got a very special guest for you. He's been on the podcast twice before. Uh, nutritionist, personal trainer. Some may say a living legend, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those. Um, <laughs> today, I'm joined by the one and only Connor Clennon. How are you doing? Thank you, mate. Bless you. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, no, I'm not that great, am I? Um, <laughs> generally all right, but... Uh... Yeah, we're uh, we're in isolation in the house. We've uh, been struck down by COVID, so uh, but I'm hanging on in there. That's it. Everyone needs to like this and share this a lot more because you know he's fighting through COVID to do this. Uh, Absolute matter, yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously, it's been a while since you were on um, before. I know we've seen each other in the in the in the meantime. Um, but what's been happening in your world? What's been what's been going on with you? Um, so work-wise, kind of, well, the last time we did a podcast was right at the start of the uh, the first lockdown, I think, wasn't it? Because uh, I remember doing it sat on the old plyo box in my, uh, in my garage gym at the old house. We've since moved. Um, then the last time we saw each other was at the rugby tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I was just kind of transitioning work-wise from doing, adapting to doing loads of online stuff um, and then moving back uh I've now got a little studio set up um, and, and kind of just getting used to being back face-to-face with people as well and um, loving it again, which was brilliant. And I think that's something that you said as well. It kind of like reminded you that you do love working with people, um, but also learning how to do it again. Um, and then coming out of it, which is, this is pretty good to say it's unscripted, but um Coming out of that phase, it definitely, I don't know about you, but I picked up on there's definitely a, a heightened anxiety. There was um, a heightened awareness of, of health being more than just abs and six packs and, <clears throat> um, uh, and biceps or whatever else. It was uh, a lot of my clients now want, want more from their training. Uh, they want it to serve them, which is great because that's something I try to harp on about for a long time now and, and people go, I just want to look good for the holiday. But I think there is more of that, which gives us a nice little uh, nice little segue onto, onto the next uh, thing. Plan that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I think, you know, um, the conversations that, that I've had, I know obviously um, for, for people listening who have seen other guests and I know we've spoken a lot about, you know, some of the training side of things, and you know the podcast called strength is called strength chat but we can't get stronger lose fat build muscle or do all these other things if the things outside of the gym aren't uh, aren't as uh, maybe dialed in a little bit or we don't give them a, a, enough attention um and a lot of people especially during lockdown i've had some clients that have changed careers i've had some clients that have been really really confident in terms of um coming in quite happy getting on with a workout um, and then me just touching base, and then all, and then all of a sudden, sometimes that's a case of they don't feel confident with quite a lot of people in the gym because things are getting slightly back back to normal. And as well, I think you know my, myself included during the during the lockdowns, food kind of goes out the window because you kind of think, what am I, what am I, what am I eating for? Yeah, I'm gonna have this. Yeah, I'm, I am gonna have that. But then that's had a knock on effect of people trying to get back into it. Um, so obviously. Um, uh, setting up this podcast, uh, put a, put a course together, um, and the main thing, obviously, that you that you've mentioned about is sovereign mind. Now, I found that quite interesting, and I actually had to Google that Google that myself. Yeah, well, I sure did I. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but before we go into sort of like the the nuts and bolts of, of what the what the course is that you've put together um what what is sovereign mind what was the reason behind calling it that and uh what's the um what was your thought process in putting the, put, putting this course together so yeah so did i i had to google it as well um we were coming up is so it's me and a, another guy called al who owns a gym that i used to work at he's since become um gone through gone back to study and become a counselor um and so he's kind of stitched his two passions together and then for me with the nutrition the training and also some kind of personal experiences around um, my own kind of i suppose mental well-being and and um, an approach to dieting and stuff and then kind of what i see in other people we've brought it all together as a bit of a as a bit of a passion and um, actually trying to help people again which is something coming out of lockdown it's kind of remembering that first and foremost we want to help people so um, that's why it exists. Sovereign Mind was was Al's idea. Um, and I only knew Sovereign meant two things. I knew it was obviously about the crown, uh, the queen and the royal family and whatnot. And then the massive rings um, that that people used to wear back home. And I got filled in by one. It made a massive cut in my eye when I was about 13. Um, but I Googled it and apparently um, the Sovereign Mind um is something that we kind of work towards and uh, it has choice so and that feels quite powerful like especially in terms of diet nutrition well-being life in general these days the way society set up uh i mean we only need to look at how we try and do a sponsor that every now and again we're constantly like targeting people with specific interests and you only have to say something and it feels like your phone's listening to you and trying to sell stuff to you and the amount of money that goes into marketing and whatnot and uh, we don't necessarily feel like we make our own choices in, in this day and age, um, or it's really tricky to. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind Sovereign Mind is that we don't want to say a big part of it for us is that it's not saying it's it's a it's a bad thing to want to lose weight or that, that we should be wanting to lose weight or that we it's not saying you need to do this or need to do that. What it's saying is make your own decisions for you. Here's kind of we want to give you the tools to make your own decisions, and once you've made once you've made them decisions, we want to give you the tools to get there as well. Um, so it's kind of a, a holistic, which sounds very kind of airy fairy, but there's there's mental well being, there's physical fitness, there's training, there's nutrition education in there, and the course kind of goes through everything from emotionally into dealing with stress to um, basic nutrition education. Um, to proper training techniques and, and all sorts of stuff like that um, and our goal is to kind of open more people up to the idea that actually maybe they want to use the gym or they should use the gym for more than just lifting weights and and and, and even thinking about you know when you said the name there strength chat strength goes beyond how many plates you can put on uh, either side of a deadlift it's amazing and and uh I think all of us at some stage have probably used the gym as, as a little bit of therapy. Um, that old 20 kilos is always 20 kilos. It's never going to lie to you. Break up, go through a rough breakup as a teenager, get to the gym, you feel better about it. Getting picked on, get to the gym, you feel better about it. Um, but it's kind of then opening that up into adult life and all the things that are going on. And how can we use all these things as a positive rather than something else that becomes a problem? Yeah, definitely. I think as well, we've touched on it a, a little bit there of, I know sometimes we've, um, you know, before we started recording this, of sometimes it can, things can be a little bit 
hairy fairy, a little bit hippy dippy. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people massively, massively buy into it. You know, I'm not one to, you know, if someone believes in it, I'm not one to say, ah, no, you don't, you, you don't want to be doing that. Having said that, you know, there's sometimes that going through these processes and one of the things that you said there is give people the tools to do it rather than being told, we'll just do this. Yeah, but that didn't work for me. We'll just do it and you'll get an answer as opposed to, right, well, let's give this a go. And the more times, and you know, I'm sure you've had it with clients as well. Once you start scratching away at that surface a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper, it's quite hard. And you kind of see things that you don't, that you think, all oh, right, well, I, did, I didn't think about it that a little bit more. And as well, I think that's where, you know, for maybe on the coaching side of things, for, for any coaches listening, that's where you offer value to clients in terms of like the biggest thing was, and I'm literally thinking about it just because it happened on Tuesday. Um, there was a woman who was coming to the gym. She's 57, never been in a gym before. And uh, she grabbed the 10 kilo dumbbell to do a deadlift. And I said, that looks a little bit easy. Why don't we try a 20 kilo dumbbell? To her, that was like, oh my God, I felt like she was going to leave the gym and fight lions. Like, you know, <laughs> but that's the thing. It, it's one of those things of, you know, that to her increased their confidence. Whereas on the flip side of that, in that same day, I then had a powerlifter come in who's lifting 200 plus kilos. The first time he did it, he dropped it. The second time, he held it for about three or four seconds at the top. So that gave him confidence. You know, if you can lift that weight and hold it at the top, that's quite like, uh, you know, when we're talking about getting to the gym, lift as many plates as we can, you know, as a strength geek, if you like, lifting the deadlifts, the purest form of strength, so to then hold yeah. it at the top. Is, yeah. is awesome, but I think there's a little bit more to it. So a couple of things that you said there, obviously, the, the biggest thing is obviously helping people and setting up this podcast. The goal is to at least take something out of, out of every episode. Um, with the, uh, the reason behind it, what do you think or the reason behind it as well is the biggest struggles that you find that people have that is currently missing that you, you find that, because it, it's like with anything, clients come in and you, you kind of see a trend of the same things. Well, I was really tired. I was stressed. I fell out with my missus or my fella. Um, I, I feel anxious about this. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, it leads to gravitating towards food and then yeah. ultimately, you know, not feeling good about themselves. So what do you think is missing at the minute and how is uh, the sovereign mind going to fill that gap if you like to help people? Yeah, gen genuinely, I think, and it, it sounds like it's um, it's set up, but genuinely, I think it's an understanding that that's what's going on. Um, so, and I was going to say there, like, um, or trying to give people something to take away, and I was going to be like, how how counting calories can become a problem, this, that, and the other. But just from from what you said there, what what is missing in that cycle is is just that moment of mindfulness and going, or that moment, just checking yourself and going. I've just fallen out with the missus. I've just, my boss has been a dick to me today. I've had the worst day of ever. Um, coming home, like, I'm sure you have as well. I've got a lot of kind of high-flying clients who, who are under a lot of pressure, and they come home and they have at least an alcoholic, let's face it, probably a few, drink every single night without fail. Um, and, and they struggle to not because it's just become a coping mechanism. Um, and it's that using it, like whether it's food, whether it's alcohol, we do it probably unconsciously or in most cases unconsciously because we want to make ourselves feel good. We want to make, just forget about the, the negative situation that we're in. And we think probably 
from something that's that's happened you know like when you're younger and, and you it's a treat or you have something nice that kind of like oh stop crying have some have some chocolate and so we still do it to ourselves as adults and uh, we kind of want to make the situation better but what we don't do is go is this actually going to stop my boss boss being a dick is this actually going to get any of this work done that i need to do is this actually going to make somebody come and apologize to me or make me go and apologize to them probably not what is it going to do it's going to make me feel tired i'm not going to sleep as well i'm going to be pretty hungover in the morning it's shed loads of calories more than i want it's not in line with my goals at the moment which actually moving further away from them is going to make me even more stressed out and then i'm probably going to repeat the same negative cycle again um but because there's not that moment there where you just go to grab the thing you do it we almost do it mindlessly like we don't give ourselves that chance we just seek it we want that quick um gratification that instant gratification and then like i spoke about before you've got all the marketing and stuff like look at mcdonald's and even the jingles like happy isn't it and it's got a smiley face or any junk food it's always about being happy or cheering you up or whatever um so we think right let's have it but what we don't do is just before we're about to put it in our mouth go is this actually going to help or not um and for a lot of us i think we probably don't appreciate that that's what's going on um we don't appreciate that those things have led us to that point and even even to the point where it's about even when things are good with positive emotions not you like how often do we go oh let's celebrate grab a bottle of depends how rich you are champagne <laughs> slash kind of cider um but uh or like oh birthday cake oh let's go out for a nice meal tonight we deserve it um and how often do we have those positive emotions and associate them with food? So then it's really difficult to stop ourselves associating the negative ones with food as well. Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, anytime there's a celebration or, or anything, a lot of things surround about, are surrounded by food. Um, yeah. Probably the biggest one, Christmas coming up. What happens at Christmas? You have a, you have a Christmas dinner. But then equally, you know, that's not to say that at Christmas dinner you don't have to have those things. It's a little bit like I remember um, I had a check-in with a, with a guy over Easter, not going to have any Easter eggs. So I basically moved my camera around and I had three Easter eggs. I had one off, I had one off my mum, I had one off um, uh, my girlfriend, and then I had one off my girlfriend's mum as well. So it's I had brilliant. three. <laughs> so you've got your feet awesome. well under the table. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I, I ate them. All right, I didn't eat them all, all in one day. Probably could have done. But yeah. it's one of those things of it's not it's not the end of the world. Whereas actually, like everyone knows that having a KFC and McDonald's, like what you've said, isn't going to make them feel good. Like how many times have people had a, had a drink, gone to McDonald's, and then felt not very good the the, the next day? But obviously, like what you said, the marketing side of things, it's there to make you feel good. There's literally you went to the cinema the other day, and there's the advert. The most recent McDonald's advert is. They're obviously happy every doing thing. So if you want to take a break or something like that, it's playing on that fact of look, if you had a hard day, go to McDonald's. It's cheap, it's fast, it's you know, it's it's really easy. Building on from what you've said there, then, sort of um what do you think in terms of the um because obviously with that, in terms of coaches, I think when we said this before before we started chatting, there's a lot of stuff about the emotional eating side of things. Whereas actually, I think sometimes it's a case of do this and that's going to stop your emotional eating. 
happy or sad. But then also there's this, there's the other side of the coin, which is let's maybe develop our tools. Let's maybe scratch a little bit deeper and find, because with anything, if it means something to you, if you believe in it, you're going to want to do it a little bit more. Whereas sometimes just being told to do it isn't going to work. And then from there, from the, the fitness industry's point of view, um, but then also from a, a person's point of view, what what could, what are people's main triggers? What do, what do you find, and what what are you trying to address from that? Because you know it's kind of a can of worms that you can open with that. Is that all? Kind yeah, of definitely. Um, I think everyone's different. Um, or the one thing there was something there um, that I will say before before I go into it um, is it was all, I was almost going to jump in and be like sovereign mind, um, but it's kind of like that. So the Easter eggs, the McDonald's, the Christmas dinner, the whatever, at no point, I mean, there are some we both probably know um, or have witnessed before. There are some crappy coaches out there who say that you can't have them things and they go, there's a cookie cutter plan. Go and follow that. You can't have Easter eggs. You can't. And there is a bit of a, still a hangover of a perception where people can't have them. That's not what we're saying or that's not what I'd say as a coach, what you'd say as a coach. It's definitely not what we're saying with sovereign mind it's don't have it when you don't or giving you the strength um to acknowledge when you want it and when you don't want it and allowing you to make the choice um so it's having the easter eggs but having them on your term terms it's having the bottle of wine but having it because you want it not because you're using it as a coping mechanism to try and mask over something else um in terms of triggers why are people doing that like create a list uh, they're obviously key themes, uh, stress, social interaction, uh, loneliness, um, sadness, happiness. Um, so like the celebration and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think, I, think, I think stress, loneliness, and um, I'm probably trying to celebrate a, a three of the big key themes. Um, and, and more so this time of year. When it gets dark, everyone, like it's a quite popular thing. We we posted about it last week, SAD. Uh, but mornings are darker, nights are darker, a lot less things going on. Everything starts to become about food. Uh, we just feel a little bit down in the dumps. We're not necessarily interacting with friends as much. We aren't getting as much vitamin D. We don't feel as great. Therefore, we just want to make ourselves feel a little bit better. And what do we do? Oh, let's have a nice something. Yeah. Uh, usually covered in melted cheese or whatever, because apparently that's going to make us feel better. Um, and then you've got the whole win winter bulk kind of uh, mindset going on as well, which kind of justifies that. Or oh, let's have loads of things that are really unhealthy for us. Cause let's just focus on feeling good. We're not taking our tops off anytime soon, but that in itself, when you take a step back is mental in that. So I shouldn't invest in myself and my own health just because nobody's going to see me with my clothes off. Well, Surely that shouldn't be a part of it anyway, which is the extreme. And I know, and I'm like, would be the first person to acknowledge it would be lovely for us just to wave a magic wand that nobody cares about what they look like anymore. It's always going to be there in the background. But um, it'd be nice to not make decisions to the detriment of our health purely based around what we look like. Yeah. I think for that goes quite nicely onto the the next question that I wanted to dive into, which is kind of more of a, uh, a an, an opinion. That's not to say that I know obviously there's um, like what we've mentioned in there. There's some people that can be really restrictive and just cut things out straight away. You know, 
it's got to work for that person. I think for the majority of people, you know, I would probably say it's maybe the 10%, maybe even 1% of people who can be really, really restrictive, just get given a plan and stick to that plan fully. Like, whereas the majority of people need a little bit more guidance, need a little bit more help. And when we're talking about, you know, we've mentioned adverts, we've mentioned, you know, other things that influence our, our, our food choices, whether happy or sad. But then also we've touched on there about, um, right, well, it's the time of year, so I need to do a, I need to do a, I need to do a winter bulk. I need to do X, Y, and Z. What are your thoughts on how much has the, because obviously we started this conversation of uh, there's, a, there's a gap in terms of how we can help people get better results, which at the end of the day we, we want to get. Do you think this problem or issue, I don't really know whether that's the right phrase, has actually been created by the fitness industry, by coaches, by having this thing of, well, you need to get ready for summer. Well, we need, you need yeah. to do keto. Well, you need to do calorie counting. Well, you need to do this. Because I know we've, we've spoken a lot about the, the general population there, but then equally, when people get involved in sports, it's a little bit like, for, for me, for example, I know when I went up a weight, weight class, it's a case of, right, well, I need to eat loads and loads of food. Whereas actually, there's a lot better way of eating, of eating more food. I can, could get all those calories in just by eating rubbish, but my performance isn't gonna gonna happen. It's the same as, you know, from a, from a CrossFit point of view, it might be a case of, all oh, right, well, you know, I, I, I can't eat as much or I need, I need to do, you know, it works both ways from the general population side of things all the way up to, you know, play, playing in sport. Do you reckon this has actually been something that's building up and being created by the fitness industry, if you like? Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely perpetuated by it. Like another example is, I've worked with a few professional boxers Weight, like making weight is littered with it. I mean, you like for me, it's usually kind of breaking down this idea that oh, we'll just get in a soda at the end. Okay, brilliant. Um, or wait until the end of camp and then just eat nothing for the last three weeks when that's the most important time of training. Why we're we not thinking about optimizing performance when it's actually like they're all they think about is being as heavy as possible in the ring. Um, and then there's no wonder that you see a lot of weight-making athletes then go on to develop disordered behaviours around eating. Um, I think the one on that, just on a tangent, was it was it Ricky Hatton that used to balloon up and then balloon back down? Was that the... Was that the bad, yeah, and then you've seen it now with uh, with MMA fighters, even more extreme, aren't you? Um, uh, like, if anybody watches it and is into it, there's one called Paddy the Baddy, who's a hilarious guy. But he's from uh, he's from Liverpool. He's just signed with the UFC. And if you Google him, like the difference between him on fight night and him normally walking, or like I think it was about a week later, ten days later, mate, it looked like he'd, you know, have you ever seen? This is like it's it just didn't look like a normal person. <laughs> it looked like someone had put a pump in him and, and pumped him up because it was right. like you could see that that was him and he had all his features but it was scary the difference and you just think how can anyone think that this is is both healthy and optimal for performance yeah um but yeah it's it's so in elite sport there's definitely some negligence that goes on because there's so many people invested in them just winning and continuing to win that we might turn a blind eye to to um to kind of the mental well-being and the long-term effects because we don't need to deal with them yet because their career is so short. Um, 
that by the time we're worrying about that, it's over and done with anyway. And they're kind of then just left high and dry, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but then it definitely filters down and it's it's perpetuated by the fitness industry. Yeah, like say six week shreds. I mean, our course is going to be at least we're still kind of umming and ahhing because we're worried that there's going to be some resistance to doing it for so long, but it's going to be at least six months because how can anybody learn enough to look after themselves in six weeks? And, and I've been guilty of doing it before and I've had kind of six week, done six week programs, um, six week challenges I used to do. Um, albeit I would defend myself by trying to, by saying I used that six weeks to try to educate people and, and there was never actually a, a weight loss goal on the back of it. But, um, but even still, it's, it's too short. And now this time of year, I mean, I'm seeing it and I just want to throw my phone at a wall every time I see it. But, um, and I'm sure you have as well. We'll start seeing more of it in the next week or so. It's only six weeks till Christmas. Let's shred ready for Christmas. Oh, what like mental, absolutely mental. Why would, why would we have people deprive themselves and, and be miserable for six weeks to apparently afford to be able to have one meal, one Christmas dinner? And how is that creating a, a healthy approach towards, um, towards eating, towards training? And I think the reason that they're, or two reasons that the fitness industry is probably partly responsible is number one, because it's loads of one man bands trying to make money. And like, if we're honest, our livelihood depends on us selling stuff and the easy sell is that sort of stuff. And then the other one is that there aren't enough people out there as coaches, we aren't prepared enough or educated enough, but you do a, you can do a personal training course now with what a couple of weeks online and, there's no mental well-being training behind it. There's nothing like that. And, and I mean, I will I will say that a lot of the stuff that is in the, the course is way beyond my scope of practice. That's why Al's involved. Um, but we kind of like just go out there and, and talk about weight loss, talk about fat loss, talk about results without worrying about that other thing. Because really, for a lot of the fitness industry, totally understandably, they just want to pay their bills. Um, and there's no kind of money in, in the other bit. So that's where the whole come full circle, being reminded that actually we're trying to help people was a massive thing for me and go, right, how can we better help people? What am I seeing a lot of? What are we falling short on? And how can we kind of plug a gap? And, and if we help people, amazing. And if we make some money from it, even better. And we have to, otherwise it won't exist. Absolutely. So, um, is that thing like you know saying there is that is that problem actually created by the fitness industry and it is one of those things of you can't get away from it as um because what I, what I find interesting is we talk about social media is like the uh, the the thing that controls that controls everything you know everything's being on it's a little bit like I can't remember it's an episode of Black Mirror where if you only have a certain amount of likes you can only do you can only do certain things and it is that it is that thing of you know, right, well, actually, you know, a picture of um, uh, a bloke with his top off, you know, and then the post is actually about, I don't know, chips or something like that. Like, it has no relevance. The information doesn't match up with a photograph. The photograph is there, is what gets the attention. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, a couple of stuff that, especially some of the people who, um, uh, who, I've, who I follow, might not be, you know, it's informative, 
but it's not like glamour. They're not stood there with, with the tops off because it's because it's in it's you know it's that in, information there. But then equally, those same people, like what you've said there, you know, running six week programs. We run at Primal a twelve week um, fat loss course, and it is that thing of we can put as much education in there, whereas actually it's still that still that twelve that twelve week course. And it's at the end of the day, you know, we need to make sure that we one earning money, but then equally, it's that battle between. You know, I'd love to help anybody. If anyone asks me a question, quite happy to yeah, help yeah. it. But then that's equally, the you've, yeah, you've got to, you've, you've got, you've, you've still got to pay, you've still got, still got to pay for stuff. And that's the thing where, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the things that aren't, aren't being addressed from the, um, from the coach's point of view, because I know we've spoken about, you know, when people are looking for answers and these are the triggers and these things that happen. When we're trying to, put the focus on results do you think that you know from an education point of view yes we want to educate clients and you know again i don't have any um mental health certificates i've not done any courses on it a lot of it has been from experience of just working just working with clients and things that i've picked up from people a lot smarter than a lot lot smarter than me where do you think that or how do you think sovereign mind would help from a coach's point of view, because this is something that, again, going on to the, the things that happen outside of the gym, sometimes coaches can put, can put information out there and uh, be perceived to be this all-knowing, perfect human being that does exactly what they say, whereas actually sometimes, I know a lot of coaches, myself included at one point, lacking sleep, drinking too much coffee, not getting my own training in, you know, picking up niggles at niggles and injuries, how do you think this can help coaches give them a little bit more, uh, I don't know what the word is, maybe value to help their clients as well? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I think I think coaches, are, it's like you, they win twice. And that's why like, I'm like you, most of the yes. And it's a, that is another thing that we could probably talk about for ages is certifications. As if, like, as soon as you get a piece of paper, you're now this brand new person with all this stuff that you can now have an authority on it and for us as PTs as soon as you say I do pre and postnatal or I work with elderly or I do this all of a sudden you start getting clients like that don't you because they see you as the person with the certificate when do you actually do the learning it's like a driving test when you're working with them so you get the piece of paper to be able to get the clients but once you get the clients and work with people that's when you learn or like you say off people who've, who've got the experience and you try and soak a little bit up and I think that's what makes a good coach not necessarily the certificate but um with sovereign mind i think it's, it's we want to make it one of those things where coaches can can use it and they might if to be fair like a lot of it i'm going through it and i'm talking al's head off as we start putting the content together because i'm like god yeah i remember when i used to do that i remember that so what should i have done here and and if i see somebody like that what should i say what kind of things how far can I take it? Um, and uh, before then, obviously, you've got to refer out stuff. But I think a lot of it is just awareness. Um, there's there's some stuff in there that I like. Right there, I got yeah. God, that was me. Mm. Uh, and yeah, and then oh, and that then kind of got leads into that. Oh bloody hell! So it, it might be like there was something about um, kind of. Eat, eating in secret or eating not like secret eating like but um 
as in sort of studying, which does happen, sort of studying the, in the pantry while no one's looking, eating the jar and the tallow with the spoon. But even kind of just consciously trying to forget it or putting sweet wrappers out your pocket in the bin so that you don't get them the next day and remember that you had it because then you've got that remorse. Or putting food, having to put food in the bin um, scrape it. I used to do this all the time. If I'd have like something that wasn't on my plan because I was clean eating and I'd have a pizza, I'd then have to shove the pizza right to the bottom of the bin. So I didn't want to go and try, like go back to it, which sounds awful. But uh, I imagine there'll be at least one person listening to this who will relate and you go, God, yeah, that was me. And probably that that is a, a sign of of this. And then this can lead on to this. And here's probably why you're doing it. So we can change it by this. And then I was going, oh, yeah, that was me all over. And that is actually what it was. Oh, and yeah. So, and there's nobody better like than coaches already for, I mean, you've got a way better rapport with your clients than I have, than, than Al has at Sovereign Mind. So if we can, if Sovereign Mind can kind of give you some of the tools to identify things, you're in a way better position to help these people than we are because you've already got that rapport, they're more likely to open up to you. Um, they're a little bit more susceptible to it. So if, we're, if we genuinely want to help more people, we need people like yourself who've got that gateway to people. And we just, if we can help more coaches understand the triggers and, and, and maybe the signs of things and how to nip it in the bud early, then we're going to help more people. I think that's why I wanted to wanted to touch on that a little bit because especially as the podcast has grown, it started off as you know people wanted to know about training and that sort of stuff. It's developed that you know coaches listen coaches listen to this as well, and it's a case of this whole thing of um, all right, well they're doing that, so I'm going to do something different and challenging each other. I think that whole uh, mindset of that um, the keto diet is going to fight the the clean eating diet or whatever, whatever thing that's out there. I think it's just a case of now is that especially I think COVID has highlighted quite a lot of things. And the, the biggest thing for me is, and we've probably touched on, touched on this or spoken about this before as well. And, and at the start of this podcast is giving people a lot more, a lot more value. Like you can teach people how to squat. You can teach people how to deadlift. You can get people stronger. But it's like with anything, you said it there, you can do a six-week plan heading up into Christmas, feel absolutely shit for six weeks, and then it's like, right, if you're unhappy but look a little bit better, mm, what is that really worth it? Or if you look slightly better but are happy and it might take a little bit longer to get there, I know I know which one I would choose. And I think yeah, that's where, you know, you're, you're saying it there, having a little bit more, I don't think for anything that we're saying on here, we're not saying that, you know, as soon as you start, you know, uh, uh, uncovering these things of like what you mentioned about the pizza box. That doesn't mean to say that straight away you've got an eating disorder or there's something, yeah, um, no, no. you know, uh, sinister there. It's just a case of, look, you know, we don't want then that to lead on to, you know, one thing or another. And that's yeah. where approaches can help. But then equally, I think having that social support there, you know, that, yeah. that, that can be beneficial with it. Yeah. With the... Definitely. He's kind of looking and going, oh, why are you doing that? Because, um, you know, me at the time, in my head, I wasn't allowed that food and that food was a bad food. Um, actually, acknowledge that and go, well, there's no such thing as a bad food. You, Of course you're allowed that. It's just that 
it's xyz learn the basics learn about nutrition learn about macros learn about calories okay we can factor that in no problem we don't need to do anything crazy and and hide anything and, and be kind of secretive about anything yeah. um, taking ourselves down the wrong path yeah absolutely you know i always go back to again i think it's a really every time i'm speaking with people it's a case of right how can we how can we build up our skill set because you can do it with a prime example is uh, a lot of people have their days out uh, days scheduled this is exactly what i'm doing i've got a meeting at this time i need to go pick the kids up i need to go do this and i need to go do that but then when it comes to food it's a little bit like ah well we'll just have whatever whatever's in yeah, i'll see what's in yeah we'll just have that yeah. And that kind of goes on to now that we've kind of, you know, gone through that process of, you know, what a client's feeling like, how coaches can help, you know, the, the triggers. But then also when it comes to the course, we've mentioned a couple of things of it's more than food. It's more, it, 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 it's more than training. And one of the things, you know, I like to use this example of when people's weight goes up and down, like what you said about, you know, uh, fighters, boxers no one bats an eyelid whereas if you were to wake up first thing on a morning be happy as larry and then by lunchtime you're the angriest most upset person in the world people will be like whoa what is happening like why is yeah. he why is he moved up and all, all down again how can we because i think it is quite hard to understand it's taken me a long time to be able to understand it to speak to clients to be able to like look you know let's have a look at these motions what are kind of the uh, the big hitting or big rock tasks, you know, from Sovereign Mind that is going to be like, you know, a little bit like when you said yourself there, oh, yeah, that was me. Oh, yeah, that was that. What are kind of the signposts that we're looking for to, to try and identify these things to, to be like, right, okay, so if this is happening, what, what, can, I, what, can, I, what can I do to help with this? Yeah, well, um, I think uh, there's, there's various different, like what we said before, there's various different triggers and equally, equally there's various different kind of strategies to deal with them. Um, and what there isn't is like, uh, if it's this one, use this strategy. If it's this one, use this strategy. Um, it's, it's kind of a find one that's right for you. As with training, as with nutrition, it's the same. It's no surprise. Um, but to be honest, what I've, or as I'm like, I'm learning, a lot of it as we go along um but it's kind of looking at that particular person's case and that's why we called it like building up a toolbox and it might change on, a, on an individual from time to time but it might be something like accountability it might be something like journaling um literally the other night writing down how you feel whether you kind of had any cravings a lot of my coaching now my online coaching particularly is a right is centered around just daily have a google sheets file between me and the client and just daily reporting they fill out a bit of a table and there's a few things to report on how they slept how they feel what their mood is um, how much did they drink and we've got a few kind of non-negotiable behaviors and then i'll kind of comment and ask a couple of questions and it's just that reflection at the end of the day um so there's that exercise and that is one of the i think for me is one of the biggest ones when we start to think of exercise, not as a tool for burning, not as a, sorry, a vehicle for burning calories and something to just use to, to punish ourselves or to afford a pizza on a night or to burn some extra calories because we went off with the diet or whatever. When we start to use exercises, what it's probably meant to be for, making us feel good, making us feel stronger, elevating our mood, 
like your lady there, your 57 year old, as you say, she was, who walked out of the gym like 10 foot tall. Um, she had a mid there that day because she picked up a 20 kilo dumbbell. And that's how it should be. Like she didn't care that, oh, well, I might burn an extra uh, 4.7 calories per rep here because it's double the load or whatever. She was like, I am strong as fuck. Um, <laughs> and, and like filming the whole day. And um, so I think I think that is uh, one of the key things is learning to use exercise in the right way. And then it could be stuff like music or, you know, that, that stress thing. It could be watching some comedy. Did we speak on our last one? Was it you who said waking up and watching stand-up comedy? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 feel like that's, I feel like that's something you said. Um, if, uh, I'm sure you said yeah, you had a guest or something that was like, oh, yeah, how can you wake up, like, watch stand-up comedy for half an hour at first thing on a morning, and then you just spend your whole day in a good mood? It could be something like that. Or, you know, yeah. for me, through lockdown, I, I think we spoke about this last time, but I um, I said, find, find your kick-ups. When I was a kid, you know, you just go in the garden yeah, yeah. and practice, like, doing kick-ups and like practicing around the world or like until you can do it and you don't care about everything else you literally all you care about is that ball and for some people it might be dancing it might be singing it's all these kind of playful things that we never used to do that we've lost because we're adults and I think that feeds massively into it it could be social interaction uh, which for me is massive you know we were in a team together that was a very social team and I amazing absolutely amazing times and I've just set up actually a, a dad's group in the in the village and we go and it's it's basically it's a bit of a, a fitness session, but there's a little kickabout at the end. And it but it is essentially getting to know each other, having a bit of camaraderie. And everyone says, Oh god, I missed this. Because apparently as soon as you get to a certain age, you've got kids, you've got uh, a job with a lot of pressure, you you're not allowed the social interaction anymore. And and that could be it. You know, that could be why you're feeling lonely. That could be why you're reaching for food to try and make yourself feel better and it's not working. And then you gain weight and you feel like a shadow of your former self because you're trying to tell your kids or anyone that'll listen that you used to be really good at rugby, but nobody believes you um, because you don't look like an athlete anymore. And you go, I swear I was. Um, and then you can try and go to do the dance race and don't win like you thought you were going to. And it all just kind of falls around, falls to pieces around you. This hasn't happened to me yet. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it could just be that social interaction. I think it's kind of finding what it is um, and having the tools then to go, aha, I've spotted it. Here's what it is. Here's what I can do about it. Clearly, it's not the food that's going to make me feel any better about not seeing my mates on a day-to-day -day basis. Let's try and do something about it. Let's put something in the diary with pals to look forward to um, that's going to make me feel better. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that is an interesting one when you talk about exercise and the things that you the things that you, you used to do. Um, I think with the there is that thing of at a certain point. So, like a prime example is the uh, the the previous episode had a powerlifter on. So he's been powerlifting. Uh, he's called David Ricks. Just won the um, Masters uh, World Championships in powerlifting. He's been powerlifting for forty years. Right. And if you haven't listened to uh, last week's episode, listen to last week's episode. One of the questions I asked him was, why do you keep doing it? Why do you why do you keep doing that? Why do people, you know, there's there'll be uh, the players at Whitby, same as 
in any football, rugby club, any sport that anyone listens to play. There's always that older guy, older woman that's been there since the club was founded and they go there and the reason is they enjoy it. And part of that is because, uh, you know, they like the people that's there. It's social and it takes them away from their, their, their daily stresses. And yes, you know, we did speak about um, how has your training changed? You know, because when he started, first started powerlifting, uh, it was a quick powerlifting. Now powerlifting is a lot, is raw. Training's got to change. How, you know, uh, the, probably the level of professionalism and how powerlifting has grown has changed. Whereas he still, he, he still enjoys it. It's not a case of, you know, and there's time, he has, you did say that there are there were times, especially when you're competing for world titles and records where you have to be a little bit more serious about it. But all in all, I think, you know, there is that tendency for sometimes in the fitness industry to take everything, take themselves a little bit too seriously. And going back to the topics that we've spoken about, that's why we end up with this program of, I need to do a six-week cut. This is the exact time of what it is. And that's why, you know, you said it at the start, you know, tying it in with the name of the of the of the podcast. There's loads of episodes where we've spoken about exercises, how can we work on this technique and all those sort of things. Whereas we can't get better at that if we're feeling rubbish and not happy with with ourselves. A recommendation on a bit, a bit of a tangent. What I would do is if you haven't listened, if you haven't seen it, watch um Big Boys Don't Cry by Joe Marla on Sky Sports. Yes, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, for I, anyone, I if, it when it came out. yeah, if you if for everyone, everyone listening who, even if you don't know who Joe Marler is, watch it, and that for me it sums up what what me and Connor have, have been have been talking about. And sometimes you need something like that to resonate with you. And one of the lines in, I don't want to give too much away, but he goes and he used to rock up to training in tears in his car, used to wipe his wipe his tears away, and then go to rugby. And try and be one, and try and be one of the lads. Whereas actually, because he is the like even within rugby, he is the epitome of the rugby lad, isn't he? Absolutely, that's what he portrays. Absolutely, um, but he's like the best guy to be around. Ever. Yeah, and equally, you know, you'd look at him, strong players yeah. into international rugby, yeah. and he talks about you know, and I know obviously that is about depression, which is one of the things that you know, um, probably not a lot of clients in some shape or form have had. But he talks about, you know, he would he would ha- try and eat his feelings, but then equally, he's got a job to do as a professional athlete. So then he's got to hide away from things. So there's things like that where, you know, th- there's got to be things that you think, I know that's a, a guy at the elite level, but you can take things from anything. It doesn't matter whether he's an elite level athlete or you're just an average dad or mom or whatever else it is. Yeah. I think everything that we've chatted about there, is a thing of, you know, if you want, goes hand in hand. If you want performance in the gym, you need to think about the things outside of the gym. If you want to, uh, if you want to be confident outside of the gym, then we need to think about what can we do in the gym to, 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 um, uh, to, to get, to get that balance a little bit. Um, quite a few things, uh, touched on, touched on there. Um, for the, the last question that I like to, that I like to ask, um, for everything that we've spoken about here, for everyone listening, what would be your take-home points or words of wisdom? Um, for coaches, yeah, for any coaches listening, I would say to kind of start to open up your, again, 
I can hear myself, open up your mind. When did I become a yoga teacher? Be a little bit more um, open to the idea of kind of your responsibility or, or the role that you can play with your clients and, and look and looking for these things. Or And I think it, it's going to more and more become part of coaching. So the more proactive coaches can be with, with arming themselves with a little bit of experience or education around um, the psychology side of, of nutrition, of training and, and, and daily stresses, then the more successful they'll be. Um, for people, I think probably actually something that you've said there is that this isn't about trying to put a label on anything or trying to make people think, oh, what if I've got an eating disorder and I didn't know it? Um, it's that maybe it's just that we've been looking at things the wrong way. Maybe it's just that, do I really want this? Or is it just someone else taking the steering wheel for me? So if if anybody feels like they're, they're not in control of their own decisions, they're making decisions that they don't really want to be making, they're stuck in a little bit of a rut or feel on autopilot, then, then actually maybe that's that little sign that, ah, I need to do something here. I need to try and educate myself a little bit. I need to try and give myself a few more tools to stop this happening and finally take control for myself. Um, and, and whether that looks like weight loss, whether that looks like training more, or whether that just looks like being happier. And I guess it's a really nice way to end. And uh, a point I was going to say before, you said about whether you lose loads of weight and feel like shit or lose a little bit or look, sorry, like look mint but feel shit or look decent and feel great. You know which one you'd rather. I always say to clients, what's your goal? They say, lose five pounds. I say, right, so I'll cut an arm off then. And they go, oh, really funny. You go, well, but your goal isn't to lose five pounds, is it? Okay, I want to lose body fat. That's a little bit better, but you don't really do. What do you want? You want to be more confident. You want to wear the that dress that you wore before or that shirt. You want your missus to want to drag you into bed because she thinks you look that great. You want to be confident and you want to be happy. Let's focus on that first. If all that other stuff happens as a result, let's work on that. And I think, coaches, let's remember that that's our, that's, that is why people are coming to us. All right, yeah, they want to train them. But if we start to make them feel happier and feel more confident, then we're going to have a lot more success with them. And they've got to think that we're worth a lot more money as well. Absolutely. We touched on it a couple of times through this. I think that was a really good point to finish on. I think, and you know, we spoke about it through, uh, through the lockdown. I don't think there's some negative things that have come out of lockdown, but I think a lot of people have, or lockdowns of COVID, I think people are wanting that value or wanting that people are wanting to feel, you know, confident again. And sometimes, you know, I think, especially when you're speaking with clients and I've had this my, myself, sometimes you come up against these hurdles time and time again, before it's actually, I actually need some help with this. Where. <clears throat> excuse me, whereas actually, you know, again, I'm a big fan of analogy. I like the cutting your arm off one. I might I might use that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Copyright, copyright C, Clennon. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the other thing is, you know, if you were going to go to the doctor or the, um, the garage, you wouldn't tell them, like, oh, well, I've tried to fix this. Or I've tried to do it. Like, you wouldn't go to doctors and stitch up your own arm and be like, well, I chopped it off because I wanted to lose five pounds. Now I've put it back on. And now yeah. I've got it's on back to front. How have I done? Yeah, it's that thing of, 
you know, you would go them to, to help. And I think even though, you know, we said this right at the beginning, even though some of the things might be, because um, anything that sometimes is a little bit emotional and a little bit there, it's a little bit scary, I think, for sometimes, because as soon when, once you open that door, you don't know what's going to come out. You don't know what's going to be like, oh, wow, that's because that that's why I'm doing that. Yeah, um, because I think everyone wants to put that persona out of they've got everything together. Like, you know, you, you spoke about being a dad, being a mom, got everything together, whereas actually you can still have fun. You can still do this. You don't have to take things. You know, adulting isn't this case of, all ah, right, well, I only pay bills and work and that's the only thing I need to do. Um so yeah, some good topics, some good topics covered there. Um, for anyone listening who might have any questions about what we've chatted about there, um, want to get involved in Sovereign Mind or just want to reach out and, and, and get in touch with you, where can people find you or reach out to you? Sovereign underscore mind underscore, because apparently there was loads of I never heard of it before. There's loads of them on Instagram. So sovereign underscore mind underscore, um, and all the other ones are just random. Like they're not businesses. They're not doing what we're doing. It's so about the royal family them. and rings. The other ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, punching people. In the <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so on there on the Instagram, um, and uh, we have. Can I say about the workshop? Uh, yeah, definitely. Go for it. Um, we have on on the Instagram there's a little link in there um, because we've just just finished and put up um, a free little taster workshop around emotional eating um, and stress eating. So if anything kind of has has struck a chord or you think oh maybe I, I should check that out, that is totally free. Just uh, that's kind of like a little tip of the iceberg thing to go. Here's the kind of stuff that we're going to be putting out. Free little workshop there to to get people um, to try and open a bit of conversation really. Awesome. But for everyone listening, I think the topics that we've covered there, I know, like I said before, spoken about training before, spoken about other things, but I think this is, uh, I think in this key area that we've mentioned, you get this bit, maybe not nailed, but you focus on this a little bit and that kind of, I know we've opened the, mentioned about opening the door and thinking about what's going on, but equally you open this door to success, you know, and ultimately, you know, feeling good about yourself that's only going to pay dividends in the gym, whether you're a powerlifter, a boxer, jujitsu, whatever it is. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be some benefit there. Got to be a reason, hasn't it? That people keep doing six week plan, wait, do a six week plan, do keto, don't do anything, do paleo. There's something missing, like you say. I think this side of it has, has got to be, it's got to be it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks a lot for taking the time to jump on. Um, yeah. Every time, every time uh, you, you speak, I think, oh, yeah, and I, I didn't think about that. Um, so thanks a lot for thanks, thanks a lot for taking the time to jump on. Thanks a lot to everyone listening, and I will see you all next week. Thank you very much, mate.